Hello, and welcome to IAOP's podcast series, Pulsecast, where we explore topics big and small in a world of collaborative partnerships. Thank you for joining us, and now the host of Pulsecast. Hello, everyone. My name is Debbie Hamill, CEO of IOP, and welcome to the first in a series of conversations I will be having with our partners on pressing issues affecting us all in 2022 and beyond. Today, I'm sitting down with Michael Jansen, Chief Research Officer and co-founder of Everest Group's research practice. Michael is particularly noted for his ability to put forward clever and challenging ideas based on his fact-based insights from across business and IT processes, sourcing models, and industries. Everest Group welcomed Michael back in 2017 after a successful decade serving as Chief Research Officer at the Hackett Group and Market Track. He's responsible for guiding the practice's research agenda and architecture and aligning its capabilities with the market's disruptive changes and next generation demands. Michael is a current member of IOP's Strategic Advisory Board, where he offers insights to help shape the direction of the association. Michael, the research results you'll be delivering this week during the kickoff of IOP's OWS 22 virtual series entitled, It's Not a Talent War, It's a New Reality, could not be more top of mind. So Michael, let's start with this. How optimistic are people going to be in 2022? Well, happy new year's Debbie. And uh, I do believe they're pretty optimistic. Um, you know, we've been doing uh, these key issue studies for, for a number of years now, and the numbers are more optimistic than we've seen in any period before, uh, even prior to COVID. Um, if you look at the last year's numbers, they were they're pretty muted. It was people were kind of in a let's see what happens mode. Uh, but when we did the, the the survey this year, what we found is that the average growth in headcount. So we're using that for a proxy of, of overall revenue growth in the companies. The average uh, market headcount growth is expected to be over seven and a half percent. So we're seeing uh, uh, anywhere from five percent in Europe to over twelve percent in Asia Pac, and with a net of seven and a half percent. So. Uh, I would say that's pretty optimistic, especially in light of some still some remaining uncertainties out there. So, Michael, is this a COVID issue or is something else going on? Well, certainly COVID creates that uncertainty and there's a lot of moving in dynamic parts to the equation. Um, so there's certainly been a lot of things out there related to um, uh, the actual COVID experience. So people that have um, stayed at home, uh, taking other jobs or, or uh, taking a different uh, stance with their families in terms of work from home and, and or taking care of the, their kids and maybe not returning to work. And we also lost a number of people uh, to COVID itself. So between uh, US and Europe, we lost 600,000 working age people. Uh, so that certainly creates a strain on the workforce just with that, uh, that notion in mind. We've also got a number of people that are retiring uh, through the baby boom. But what struck me, and we were as we were looking at the data here, struck me as is, is very uh, important and something that's going to be uh, kind of an immovable force was what we call, look, call our population pyramids. And these are really looking at the structure of our population, both in the U.S. and Europe, where we go, you know, year by year and say, how many, how many people were born uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, 10 years ago, and, and how many of those people are, are now coming of working age? And what we're finding is that uh, the, the population pyramids in North America and Europe are actually what I call broken. And uh, i.e. they're 
actually seeing less workers coming into the workforce uh, each and every year compared to like five or 10 years ago. So we're talking about 2.4 million less workers. And uh, you add that to some of the COVID uh, uh, related uh, aspects of what's happening to our working population. And you all of a sudden find out this is actually a pretty substantial number uh, when it comes to people looking or wanting to work uh, in today's world. You know, Michael, uh, as chair of IOP's um, Future of Work COE, when you did uh, take us all down the path of the great resignation of the session that you did back in the fall, are we still seeing that or is there a change? So, so with all the, you got the structural uh, population pyramids and the COVID we just talked about, that's created a, uh, and also there was another phenomenon going on there with the great resignation. People were kind of hibernating for a year. Um, and so they have definitely come out of hibernation. Um, 2022 at the end of it was really the, the, uh, the balance of power moved to the worker. And uh, what we're starting to see now is a lot of movement and we're starting to see rising salaries. And uh, one of the factors we gathered up recently was uh, asking people whether they were looking for new roles and 75% of them said they were looking for new roles. So three out of four, uh, uh, three out of four of the, of the talent population in this industry is out actively looking. And, uh, and that makes for a pretty dynamic set of, um, of, of issues within the, the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny whenever I talk to one of our corporate members and I ask them, what is number one on your plate for 2022 um, talent, you know, comes up first and foremost. And so I can't think of anything we could be talking about right now that would be more important. Uh, is this how you see it manifesting itself in the industry? Is this going to uh, not be a war, but a new reality? Yeah, so, so certainly, um, you know, it's starting, to, it's starting to show up in the attrition rates. It's starting to show up in the people looking for work. Um, it's also now starting to show up in salaries. Uh, so as salaries start to move up, uh, we saw that we asked about, you know, you certainly hear stories about people talking about, hey, I got a 20% raise. I've heard about, I got a 50% raise uh, for walking across the street. Uh, and there's a lot of other things that are happening in, in the compensation related areas. Um, but across the board, we, we asked the question for 2022, what do you expect the average raise to be? So not just what, you know, one person got um, that, that may have been a star performer. But now the averages are starting to approach, um, not, not quite to double digits, but certainly uh, certainly way above where they've been in the past. So on average, we saw between five and 8% as the indicated raises for, for 2022. Now, as you start to see raises uh, and, and compensation increases, you start to see rates increasing as well. And so we're starting to see that same exact phenomena where uh, people are asking for more money in their commercial billing rates and so that's going to start to flow through the industry uh, and, and, and create a lot of interesting dynamics in 2022. So when you think about outsourcing, um, what are the options to avoid higher outsourcing costs if salaries are growing? Yeah, so I think, you know, there's a couple things that are obvious here. Um, one of them is we need to work on not only the, the compensation, and that will be uh, kind of a budget busting uh, dynamic that goes into 2022 and beyond. But there's also going to be the, the need to make our existing workforce more productive. So work on the demand side of the equation. So if you can't hire more workers uh, because they're not available, you're going to have to make it more productive. And so what I mean by that is 
finding technology solutions that allow the not only to improve the worker experience so that they're, they're more likely to stay because they enjoy the in-work environment, but also so that you can do more with less or at least do more with the same uh, as you look at the, uh, the, the environment. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, you've got the opportunity to look in, at new locations. And so we've been actually having this conversation within Everest Group to look at uh, the possibilities for expanding not only the existing uh, locations uh, that we're traditionally uh, been looking at in uh, particularly India and Eastern Europe, but go beyond that and start to look at other Asian locations, but perhaps looking into Africa. Um, and I say Africa with a, a kind of a interesting eye uh, toward where we may see our future, because in, in, as I was looking over the holidays here, Africa is the only place in the world right now that you can safely say that the population pyramids or the structure of the population is actually a pyramid still. So they actually have uh, robust uh, new workers coming on online, if you will, or being born right now, and they'll be coming into the workforce over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So that makes an interesting set of, if you're looking forward here, you can't, you got to definitely look at the macro, the macro opportunities or the macro realities, uh, along with the commercial realities of what you're trying to deal with today. You know, and your talk about Africa, um, of course, and I'm going to throw this in here because you probably knew I was going to do it anyway. Um, near and dear to my heart and IOPs and our members, of course, is impact sourcing. And is that going to play a role? Can we think about Africa and how many, specifically when we talk about South Africa, how many people are unemployed, young people are unemployed, but seem to have such, we have an opportunity, it seems, to help fill this talent shortage through this. Uh, do you see that when you talk about Africa? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I know there's been the, the term impact sourcing, and it's been more associated with philanthropy, you know, the opportunity to do better for, for other, uh, other people. Um, but I think this is actually where it's going to meet uh, the commercial interest of the world as well. So I think it's actually going to be a win-win situation here. Uh, we're going to be forced to look to no, new locations, both in our communities, so not just uh, in, in remote locations or exotic locations we may not be used to, uh, but both, both that and within our communities to maybe disadvantaged groups. And so while the, uh, the end result may be the same, then the intention of how we get there or the, the, the journey to get there may be a little different than we originally had thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I look at it and I say, seems that there are so many out there that need the opportunity and boy, we need to place people quickly. <laughs> you know, um, seems like there's gotta be a win-win there somewhere. Uh, Michael, when you got the survey results in and you were actually, you know, putting it together and getting this presentation ready for next week, was there something that really surprised you that, that you know, you looked at it and you said, wow, I really never thought that was, uh, was going to come out that way? Well, the depth of the talent challenge, uh, I don't know that we were surprised by it, but the, the, the way it's manifesting itself in every dimension uh, whether it be, you know, we, we've been talking about talent in, in, in demand uh, for quite some time around the high-end digital, but the breadth and depth of this challenge by geography, by role, um, uh, you know, the, th the way it's impacting everything, it's not going to be a, a passing phenomenon. Um, you know, we've heard our government talk about, you know, inflation is being transitory. I think it's, it's going to be much more structural than that. And there are no easy answers to this. And so that's when we start to, to dig deeper into our research and say, what are people going to do about it? And so as we look at uh, the results we see here, we're starting to push our teams to think about, well, how do we solve this? And what are the things you can do as an organization um, that you can really try to drive um, 
that productivity you talked about, new locations and other things that are going to solve this problem. And, it, and we will solve this. I don't want to anybody sound like we're being negative here. We will mm -hmm. solve this. It'll just take a different approach than we've done in the last decade or two. Mm -hmm. So the actual and potential impacts from the talent shortage uh, will be seen a lot in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, I don't think it's a 2022 issue. I think it's a 2022, mm -hmm. a 2023, a 2024, 25. <laughs> I think it's yeah. going to go on for quite some time because, listen, the babies weren't born 20 years ago, and, and you can't you can't create new ones that, that are that are ready to come uh, that can really join the workforce. <laughs> you can't really you can't create college graduates unless they were born 20 years ago. <laughs> so this is going to be here for quite some time, and uh, you know there are there are things we can do about it, but we're going to have to be diligent about it and be creative and, and innovate like we've always done. So the light at the end of the tunnel is several years. Um, it's there, but several years before we get to the end. Yeah, as I've been talking to my, my son and daughter about more grandkids, I'm, I'm working the long-term strategy. <laughs> You're gonna solve the problem. Uh, maybe, maybe, and maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> so is there anything else you'd uh, kind of like to wrap us up with, you know, before we do the shameless plug to hear more, please join us on Wednesday. Um, but just kind of, a you know, tie it up in a bow, make us feel like there is you know, that light at the end of the tunnel? Well, I think I think what we should talk about, Debbie, is, is really focus on, on those solutions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we've gone through many, you know, over the last few decades, many different uh, twists and turns in our industry. And I really feel that uh, this will just be another one of those turns. This one may have a, a, you know, unexpected twist in terms of, you know, we've always had salaries and, and, and rates that have always been kind of, or, or net salaries, you know, the blended rates across the globe have actually been, you know, being cut and reduced over time, which has been a good thing for us because it's allowed us to, to grow, to grow. But I think we, you know, we should really focus in on what we can do uh, and innovate uh, going forward here. And I think that's, if we really put our minds to it, first of all, we have to accept the truth. We have mm -hmm. to accept the new realities. And I'm afraid some people are thinking this is COVID related and it's going to get better right when COVID goes away and it will. But I mean, COVID will go away. But but the, but the problem that we're talking about in terms of the structural population and working working um, working age populations is that's not going to go away because you can't change that. Right. Wow. Well, thank you, Michael. Um, so this is the first in a series of uh, you know IOP sits down with. I'm so so thankful, Michael, you were able to join us for this first one. Everest Group is IOP's official research partner, and it is so gratifying to be able to uh, present this. We couldn't do this without Everest Group. So thanks again, Michael, and we will see you on Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Okay. Is that enough, Kim? I think we put Kim to Yeah, sleep. that's enough. Sorry, <laughs> I was on mute. Yes, no, that's good. That's good. Okay. Good to go. Thank okay. you. That was good. Good. Um, we gonna have to... are, are we are we good on uh, we don't have to do anything over we're no we're good we're good I screwed up a couple of no i mean i'll, I'll edit out that part where we actually talked yeah i'll edit that out yeah um, okay um do you need